1: You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to Garibaldi Red, the Nottingham Forest podcast from Nottinghamshire Live. My name is Matt Davis, hosting as usual, and we're here to reflect on the the draw with Derby and last night's defeat to Luton Town. Joining me to discuss it is Red's legend Gary Birtles. Hello Gaz, how are you? Uh, Good morning, I'm very well, thank you. Good, 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 good. And returning to the podcast, the perfect guest to have on is uh, one of the architects of last night's win in Luton Town, first team coach Paul Hart. Paul, how are you? Good morning. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, fine. Oh, I'm sure you're fine after last night. You should be high as a kite. <laughs> so we're leaving with the three points. Um, I mean, what? How do you reflect on the game then, Paul? You must have been delighted with your team's performance, certainly after, after going ahead. You, you managed the game very well, didn't you?
2: Uh, yeah we did we we first half i thought we were uh, a little bit loose with our passing and uh and to be fair to Nottingham forest they uh, they probably had two really good chances to go ahead uh but uh certainly in the second half at halftime we uh, we discussed that and uh thought that if we if we sh- we were a bit neater a bit tidier in possession we would uh uh it would certainly improve our performance, which I think, I, think we, I think that's what happened. I think we, uh, we were more careful and uh, um, we kept the
0: ball better.
1: What did you make of it from a, a Forest point of view then, Gary?
0: Well, I think first half, we, we looked like the team that were going to win the game. Um, but again, when you have that much possession and that many chances, half chances, you have to take advantage of that. And if you don't, you know the opposition's going to come back and they're going to have their fair share of uh, opportunities, which is what happened. Luton in the second half just totally dominated. And I heard stories of Forrest looked tired. Um, well, I, I don't totally agree with that because Forrest have got one of the biggest squads in the championship. But I don't think tiredness, you can blame tiredness. Everybody's the same. Everybody's having games fast and furious. So, you know, to say, make one of those an excuse, I, I, I don't get that. Um, but it's, you know me, Matt, I, I'm not big on stats, but I, I looked up things last night and on an attacking basis, only four teams have scored less than Forest this season and three of them are in the bottom four, Birmingham, Wickham, Sheffield Wednesday and the other one's Derby. And Rotherham are in the bottom three. They've scored five more than us, but they're three games in hand. And on the defensive side, only five teams have got a better defensive record than Forrest. You know, and that a lot's down to Joe Worrell. I think he's been magnificent. Paul, as a centre-half, will probably you know, agree. Uh, Brentford are in second place, have conceded more than Forrest, but have scored 61 goals. That is the difference. There lies the major difference, the disparity that is causing Forrest to struggle and Brentford to prosper is there. Brentford conceded more goals than Forrest, but they've scored 61. And I'll go to the top teams at the moment. This is why they're at the top Norwich. Pookie's got 18 goals. Buendia's got nine. Brentford, Tony, 25 goals. to Silva, seven. Four, seven. Swansea, IU, 10, low, nine. Watford, Jal Pedro, nine. Saar, eight. Dini, seven. Reading, Lucas Jow, 20. Mate, eight, six. Cardiff, Kiefer Moore, 16. Bournemouth, Solanke ten, Stanley last seven, Gronveld seven, uh, Stanley's last ten, Gronveld seven, and Barnsley, Wood- Woodrow twelve, Maurit five, Styles five. There in a nutshell, tells you why Forrest is struggling.
1: How'd you, you know, fix that?
0: You bring, well you you have to get, you know, Chris will know this. We can't score goals. In the final third, we don't look a massive threat, I don't think, at the moment. We make bad decisions when we're in good areas. I think Knockhart's one of the ones who is, is more guilty of that. He, he, he seems to do all the right things until the final moment. And then, you know, the final delivery isn't always good enough. Not just for him. I'm not picking him out. But I think that just generally what is costing Forrest, you know, going on and being involved in games more than the opposition. You know, we're not involved in games. If we go 1-0 up, we don't look like going 2-0 up or 3-0 up and running <laughs> away with it like other teams you know it's, it's uh, that Brentford stat really jumped out at me that you know they conceded more goals but 61 goals have scored you know we've scored well, I think 28 so that that is for me is why we're struggling and Brentford a second.
1: When you look at um, your boys Paul you haven't scored many goals on the road yourselves have you either but you've managed to engineer a way to find wins is there is that something particular that Nathan Jones has worked on? Have you gone out to be very hard to beat in Nick one nils, or, or is that just the way it's panned out? Uh,
2: can I just say that you know I'm so happy to work with the the, the group of players that they, they uh, every day, every week give their best and are and play to the extremes. We need that sort of attitude to get results after that, after that, the manager, uh, uh, has, I've been, I mean, you know, I'm, I've been very impressed with his, uh, tactical and strategic now, and he's changed within games. He's, uh, he's changed our, the way we play, uh, the way we, uh, line up, uh, four games to 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 try and get results and mm. uh, and I think he's been uh, successful and um, you know we, we're a, we're a tight group uh, we, you know we've got Chris Cohen there who I've been uh, really impressed with uh, with his knowledge and his detail uh, we have a bit of fun uh, we're serious about our jobs and we um, and we achieve at times way beyond what people expect.
0: Mm. Well, Do you I, think- I think that's a really important, important, uh, important point you make there, Artie. You have fun. And I, I think sometimes you can overwork players and not have the fun. I mean, we used to, under Brian Clough, the gaffer used to give us a couple of days off when we never expected it. If we thought we looked fatigued, then we'd get a couple of days off. With all these games, I, I just think the mantra now is they have to come in and train. They have to come in and train. They have to come in and train. And I don't think they do. I, I think sometimes you say, right, two days off. We'll see you. You know, we'll see you in t- two, three days. And that lifts you as a player. It Used to lift me. You know, oh, great, cri- we've got two days off here. You feel refreshed. You go back and you feel a little bit more revitalised if you're getting games fast and furious and you're training on a daily basis, you're bound to get a little bit tired, frustrated, fatigued mind-wise and, and body-wise. And, and that can cause problems. You know, gives players time off now and again. It, it's not a sin to give them time off. And just going back to the the situation with scoring and goal, goal scorers, our top scorer in the league has got four goals. And our joint top scorer is own goals. You know, that, that just in a nutshell puts it into perspective when you've only got a goal scorer in the league, who's got four goals, that's your top scorer. You know, you're in for a struggle mm-hmm. without Not rocket science, mm-hmm. you know? So I think, you know, players in the, in these difficult times with games coming fast and furious, need a little bit of a break, but I'll go, I'll mention the premier league again. You heard uh, Pep Guardiola before this run was moaning about players having too many games and tiredness. Now they're gone twenty-one unbeaten. You, you don't hear so much, you know, said about. Well, we're playing too many games and we're tired because you you're on a run of twenty-one games unbeaten. You know, so it's, it's one of them.
1: I'm going to ask about um, Forest strikers in a minute, but Paul, how much training are you able to do at looting? So obviously, you signed the, the striker from Warsaw who looks very raw and green, but there's obviously a player there. I mean, how much can you work with a, a player like that and develop players?
2: Well, we um, it's it's difficult because we're, we're playing every three days or three or four days at the moment. Uh, it's difficult to to get things across. But he's been, you know, uh, I I always believe you sign people uh, as much for the way they are. Are they going to uh, learn? They they you know they have ability absolutely, but are they? Uh, do they fit in? Do they? Uh, uh are they willing to learn are they willing to take things on board and and that's a, a big thing and he certainly is and he's he's a young boy who uh has got ambitions and he's you know he, that was his third game last night i think uh, and he's doing extremely well um and I, you know gary uh, scoring goals is the hardest thing in football and it, it's it's not easy and you know uh your that's talent. The, that's the Man United <laughs> oh fans. No, no. Listen, I, I played against you at Manchester United. You were always uh, a formidable uh, player, uh, and you know I have utmost respect for centre forwards. I hate them. You, you did with a passion.
0: You always used to I, kick <laughs> beat me down in the centre circle and that's, smile at me. If I could, I would. But uh, <laughs>
2: uh, the, uh, you know. Great players are, are always, you know, Virgil van Dijk's a fantastic centre-back, but you always talk about strikers and um, uh, being able to... We, for the, we changed at halftime. We, we had an amazing result on Saturday and we went two up front. Uh, you don't often see two up front these days. We went two up front with a diamond. We started last night. We had to change to get more control in the second half. We changed it to go 4-3-3. But the interesting thing is, we never talk about getting a draw. We always talk about winning a football match, whichever way we can. But to get to that point, we have to be strategic and we have to be tactical. And uh, and you have to have players that that believe in in what you say. And um, uh, I, I've got to say that, you know, I you may be touching on this a bit later, but... Uh, we we do change to ch- try and get a result, to try and get a win. We do change our shape. We do change the way we line up against certain opposition to enable us, the best, to give us the best way, we think, of, of winning a football match.
1: When we um, look at Forest Strikers, for since we're talking about those, and obviously, as Paul says, Gary, you know that position as well as anyone. Do you think Murray looks knackered? I mean, I thought he looked leggy for the first time last night and he's obviously not played a lot of football in the year and he's 37 and there's tough games coming up. Do, do, does Murray look tired, Gary, or not?
0: I think he's entitled to be tired. You know, at that age, no matter how much you put in and how much physically you put in, you're 37. Your body isn't going to react the same as it did when you were 28, 29, you know, when a striker probably is at the physical peak of his powers. You know, so it's, it's very understandable in the modern game now because it's so quick. It's fast and furious, especially in the championship. And, you know, your reactions aren't the same when you're that age, obviously. I mean, I finished when I was 36. And, you know, your body tells you that there's something not quite right. I can't do this anymore. And despite wanting to go on and on, you know, age catches up with everybody. No matter what sport you're in, it catches up with you. And, you know, Glenn, to keep going to now, has done magnificently well. Um, but Glenn, you know, with all due respect, not going to get beyond defenders. He's not going to get them with pace. He's great with hold-up play. He's intelligent <clears> around them. <throat> but you've got to play to his strengths a little bit. And last night, he set, especially second half, he got very little to, to feed off. Um, and But, you know, again, it's wh- who do you play? I mean, Graben was injured again. Um, you know, he scored a lot of goals last season, but he's only got, what, three this season. Um, you know, Lyle Taylor's come in. He's our top scorer with four, uh, but he's not getting a you know a start at the moment. He's just having to come on, and anybody will tell you who has to come on as a substitute with twenty minutes to go, a lot's expected of you. But it's very difficult to get involved in a game straight away. You know, David Fairclough at Liverpool. You know, was a super sub as he was called. He came on and used to do it. You know, with the click of a finger. You know, it, but it's not that easy. And, you know, it, it's unfair to criticise people when they only get those small windows of opportunity to come on and do something. If it pays off, brilliant. I mean, I saw things, um, I, I, I don't do social media, as you, you know, but I looked on the Forest thing and people were saying, you know, the substitutes made no impact last night. The, the problem is, with a top score of four goals, you're looking for other people to, you know, chip in with goals, but nobody else is chipping in with goals. That's the problem. If you've got you know, somebody, Lyle Taylor, they'll say, oh, he's only got four, but he's not starting games. So it's unfair to say he's only got four. If you're starting games and he's played five on the track and he's not scored, then you've got an opportunity to say, well, you know, he's not scoring. But why you sat on your backside it's, and then coming on, a little bit unfair. Um, you know, Joe Lolly last season was weighing in with goals. Um, you, tell me now, a centre-half is scoring goals. You know, it, it's a dying heart, hearty, you'll know. He used to score goals, you know, come up for... But John Terry was probably the last one who does that. John Stones are starting to get the knack of scoring goals at the moment. But in modern-day football, you don't see many center as particularly scoring goals. The odd one or two in the Championship. The Cardiff boy, uh, you know, he scores goals. Um, but it seems to be a dying art. And if you've, you're highly dependent on one person up front, which is what Forrest do, play one up front, and nobody else is chipping in that pressure on the defence and midfield becomes very intense. It pushes you further back. And we saw that second half last night, I think. Luton, you know, when they got the ball, counted brilliantly, quickly. They moved the ball quickly. It was one and two touches. They put the ball in areas where it hurt Forrest. And, you know, Joe Worrell has been the one, for me, standout player for Forrest. You know, every game. He's he's the leader out there, vocal at a very, you know, young age. Um, And you see the goals against... I've already said, you know, only five better in the, the 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 league. That's a lot down to, you know, that back four. One of the best goalkeepers in the league. You know, so the back four are doing their job. But are, is the rest of the team doing the job? Not as well as they should be, obviously, because the top scorer's got four goals. Who else is going to start chipping in? Uh, with these games coming up, you just mentioned those, those games. Very quickly, things can change. And you just hope that Forrest as they've done in the past, lift the game against better teams. Last season, you know, they played well against the top teams, but you can't keep relying on that. Um, And if you do, you you know, it could get you into trouble. So it'd be an interesting period for Forrest now.
1: Mm. There's a lot of people in the comments uh, criticising Taylor for saying he looks a bit downtrodden and, you know, he he went down quite easily a lot last night and didn't win his headers, which is what his game is based on. You think that's a bit harsh on him then, Gaz?
0: I think it is because... Again, he's had to come on and, you know, it's not easy to get straight into the pace of the game. In fact, you know, I would think it's more difficult now because the game is so quick and you've been sat on your backside, you've had a little warm-up and then you're expected to come on as a striker and, you know, score a goal to get your team out of trouble. And you you may be trying too hard. I think that's the problem. He is a tryer, Taylor. You know, he tries. You can see he runs across the line. He tries to block things. His work rate's particularly good. Um, but maybe that's because he comes a little bit too deep and then you you lose his, you you lose what he's good at in the box because he's trying to help out deeper positions um so it, it's because Lewis Grabben's injured at the moment it, it, Chris has got that dilemma. who does he play? who does he start with does he he only wants to go one by the look of it he doesn't want to play two up front. you know he brings Mighton on later on. And, you know, because he's a young lad, you know, maybe he's expected to come and do things. He's got a little bit of pace, a little bit of trickery. It's a conundrum for him. I, I think Chris now wants the end of the season to come. Stay safe in, in you know, mid-table or just above the bottom three or do, as long as we don't go down. And then give him the summer. Let him build. Let him have that pre-season. You can't criticise him now. Things have got better under him gradually. Um That result last night, you know, was a little bit of a difficult one to take because if you win that one last night, you think, well, we're safe with those games coming up. But at the moment, now, that defeat will give them a knock in their confidence and they'll look at those runner games and think, oh, my word. But they they, they can't look at it like that. We just hope that McKenna comes, I don't know how far he's off. You hope Graben can get himself fit they got Amiobi back and on last night, which I think is a, a bit of a bonus. Um, Kravinovic still looks like he's a he's, you know, decent player. Garner, again, another one who can make things happen. But it, it's just not happening in that final third at the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's a concern.
1: Paul, I know obviously the, the dressing rooms a bit of a sanctuary, but are you able to give us some kind of insight into what was said at, at half time, to what changes Luton made, and what what Nathan Jones said to the players after a, a tricky first half?
2: Yeah, we we um, uh, we we talked a little bit about our marking because um, uh, Glen Murray had a, uh, I think he won two two clear headers, and he had the one that he put over the bar so obviously we 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 made our players aware of uh the need to make sure that uh we we mark men and not space and and as i said earlier we we um we said that we were a little bit wasteful in possession and that if we could uh change that you know so be more careful uh uh, we would make more inroads and uh, i think uh, that was those were the biggest changes that we we made we eventually went to uh, from the diamond to a 433 to uh, uh you know we thought we could uh, probably on the counter expose them more from wide positions so that that was the uh, that was the main focus of our half time talk
1: one thing I wanted to ask you about as well, from a coaching point of view, a tactical point of view, is with no fans in the ground, the games to me seem to become a bit, a lot more tactical. There's not so many fouls in the games. I mean, I can't even remember a foul in that match last night. Has it become a bit more of a, a game of chess with less niggle in the games? And, and does that suit a side like yours, Paul, or not? It's,
2: it's a difficult one. I, I'm... Uh... I'm not sure whether it's the uh, uh, the situation, the pandemic, or if football is changing. Um, certainly, you know, when when I'm uh, coaching defensive stuff, I, I I talk less about actually the technique of tackling, more of uh, uh, the principles of defending, of approach, slowing down, showing into areas where uh, a team can be less effective um, maybe it's because the the I hesitate to say it maybe because because there, there, there isn't that extra um, component that supporters bring uh, but I'd prefer to think that it isn't I prefer to think that it is because of the technical changes that uh, uh, Tackling is, is dangerous in terms of... I don't mean dangerous in terms of hurting people, but I mean, referees are uh, more likely to issue bookings. Uh, players uh, fall down at the drop of a hat. Uh, they, uh, so I think one of the interesting things is that because of the lack of uh, crowds... Uh, I've actually heard screaming on the pitch, which is it's amazing. It's enlightened me. Uh,
0: you used uh, to make scream on the pitch. You did. No, I didn't. It was your fault I, you made people scream. No, I didn't. I, but, <laughs> look, at, look at that, innocence. Uh,
1: look
2: at that I, innocence. I just find it hilarious. I, it makes me laugh when I hear people, oh, you know, and it's... Uh, yeah, it's it's a bad- <laughs> and you hear it don't you it's uh, I've, I've witnessed it for the first time it's
1: frightening <laughs> do you think it has has it got softer guys I mean looking at that Forest Derby game it was very different to a typical Forest Derby game on Friday night again I can't think of a, a tackle in that match is the, has the game changed dramatically in the last year
0: I think it has I mean Stuart Pearce was a guest for Sky and on, on the live game and he was sat there and I was thinking what is going through your mind you know because he was fully committed. Like Paul was fully committed as a defender, and yeah, I bet he was dying to come out and say something. But you know, sometimes you've got to hold your counsel a little bit. Um, I, I think the art of tackling has gone a little bit out of the game. Um, you still see, I mean, in the Premier games, Premier League games, you know, you've seen you've seen some you know decent stuff, some tackles flying in. But I, I don't think you can blame you know the pandemic and no crowds for lack of tackling. You know, I still see Joe Worrell. You know, I keep mentioning his name after. He's the one standout player for me in the Forest team who goes about his business as a defender should do. You know, he'll stay on his feet till the right time. I think that's half the problem. What annoys me more than anything is the stupidity of players who give fouls away when the opposition player is under total pressure for no reason. Why do they do it? I I mean, I I just don't get it. It, it. You know, you watch it, you think, oh, he's under pressure now. Um, I, I have a bit of a over. theory,
2: Gary, that um, when, when we played, if if you saw an opponent's studs, they actually meant it. And I say this, you know, you actually, the only reason you showed the studs was because they were going to, they wanted to uh, make them up. Now you see people studs in, you know, in midfield areas and people going to ground. My my own personal thing is, is that they are lazy. It's the easy way out and so you talk about the technique of tackling. you know I, I think it's foreign uh, to, to people. Uh, and I, I teach or suggest uh, that we stay on our feet, you know get close, jockey. The hard, you can't take shortcuts as a defender. You have to you have to do the hard the hard miles. And I, I think if you look at how many penalties that are conceded in football, in league football, you see it every weekend through people just diving in and committing in the box. Uh, you know, I, I mean, we—I I can't remember uh, a time I actually tackled in the box. You know, it's it stay on your feet and block and show, show out. I just think uh, you know through the academies. We, we need to get back to teaching the principles of defending all over the pitch. You know, it's, it's important, you know, you know, Gary, uh, uh, yourself, uh, I mean, you ended up playing at centre-back uh, for, for many games, but, you know, when we played Liverpool, Rush and Dalglish were, were their best defenders. You know, they, they committed defenders to... Uh, to giving them the ball, you know, and and by I just think uh, I, I'm going a bit into the technical stuff here and going away from a, your question. I feel, but you know, teaching the principles of defending early uh, enable them to become better defenders later on. And
0: you know, well, I was taught to my... front, you know, do what you can to stop you know defenders coming out easily with the ball. Yeah, um, you know, and that was a job of mine, and I used to yeah. thrive. I, I love running. Uh, you know, I love the, uh,
2: you
0: know, athleticism of that that particular job of, of trying to stop people. You know, getting past that halfway line. And if they did, then the midfield came into play by me doing that as a striker. That gave the midfield a chance to push up five yards and the back four to push up five yards. So you weren't too deep. So if you did get regain possession, you're on the front foot, higher up the pitch. Mm. Which you know, mm. I think you That's know the way to play with one striker. That that becomes a little bit difficult because you're not scoring goals, so you're having to defend more, and you get pushed further back, and you end up you know just inside your own eighteen yard box, and the midfield likewise get pushed further back, and you know then it becomes a problem. And if you do get possession, as we've seen quite a bit, sometimes <coughs> you you can't break as a team because the distances are sometimes too. Vast, you know, to get in support, you know mm-hmm. that you know a recurring problem. I think
1: um, I must say that if Stuart Pearce was marking Knockart on Friday night, he wouldn't have been showboating like he was. I imagine he'd have put, put him on his ass. But um, Knockhart had a had a good good second half allowed to say that on the podcast, what you just I don't said. know, we are live. Um, right, so talking of that, we've got a, a question here which is interesting following what you were saying, Gaz, about playing two up top. I know you're a big advocate of it, but it didn't work for Forrest last night when they went two up top. Do you? Would you still like to see that and take an extra man out of midfield or not? But that was
0: because it, it didn't work because it, we didn't start with two up front, did we? It was mm-hmm. only when 1-0 one, when one down and you're chasing the game and put two up front. I just like to see defenders occupied. And I think one up front doesn't occupy defenders. It makes it, you know, their life a lot easier. And my job was always to make life very uncomfortable for, you know, centre-halves, you know, defenders by movements, you know, by backing in, by, you know, having somebody, you know, I knew was going to support me and I could support him. Um, So I think to say that it didn't work, it didn't work, no, because I'd I'd like us to see you Start a game with two up front, maybe. Because teams don't expect it. And then you, you think, well, oh, what are the defenders going to think? Oh, hold on a minute, we've got two up front here. We didn't expect that. And you want to put a seed of doubt in defenders' minds. And, you know, it might not work. I don't know. Um You've got to have two players who are, you know, good enough to play up there as a pair. Um So I think it's unfair when it's substitutions that you're having a go at that it didn't work. If you start a game and it doesn't work, fair enough. Yeah, but what what yeah. else do you do? Do you stick with one up front and have a top scorer with four goals? You know that's that's like I say, I'm not a stats person, but I went through it last night and I was staggered to see what I actually saw. You know, the commentator who was on the game. He said, "Oh, first top scorer is Taylor with four, and joint second scorer was own goals." You know, which really staggered me because I don't usually look at things like that. Then I went at the top six to see why the top six. We're in the top six. And those stats are read out to you about goal scoring. You can defend. Paul was a great centre-half. He read the game really well. He was terrific in the air. He was a great leader on the pitch. But he could have drawn 42 games, not lost one, but would have been mid-table or below on points. That's how important scoring goals are. You don't get anywhere unless you've got somebody in your team who scores enough goals. It's simple Mm. as that. You, if you mm. don't a striker who gets over 10 goals, I mean, we saw that last season. Lewis Graben got that many goals and Joe Lolly chipped him. That's why Forrest were close to the playoffs. Yes, it all fell apart in the final you know, couple of games. But before that, that's why Forrest were up there, pure and simple. And the defence was good. This season, the defence, he's got the defence right. Chris is terrific with defenders because he was a <coughs> defender himself. But that stat of four goals in March for your top scorer
1: is just not good enough by a mm. country mile. Mm-hmm. Well, where do you stand on four four two, Paul? Because you know, Luton, you don't have five million quid to go out and sign a, a top striker, so you have to engineer, you know, good signings and good tactics, don't you? Well, I uh, uh, haven't played four
2: four two for uh, an awful long time, but I have played with two up front but through a diamond so uh, I I don't want to get too much into it but that enables you to be strong in midfield in the central in the core and get the two up front 4-4-2 I think I think uh, we played Cardiff the other week and they 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 were like that and they were very direct and physical uh, and a really tough outfit to play what if you if it's four four two, you you probably look at it and think that you you are giving up something in midfield in the centre because most teams are four three three or they get three in midfield somehow. Um, but I I do like you know it, it's you can watch almost everybody uh, in football and they are 4-3-3, one way or another three in midfield and three up the top. Um, I like I like seeing two up front it gives you a better chance as, as Gary says of scoring goals. Um, but you can you can you can maneuver a 433 as uh, Manchester City do you know with getting the wide men in and getting across the front man and um, but when you've got players like that where you know you know that possession of the ball can be retained, it's easy to make those uh, those fantastic runs that they do. Because mm-hmm.
0: of that, mm-hmm. so, well, you've mm-hmm. got the city. They've got Sterling. They've got uh, yeah. Mar, they've got Jesus. They've got Aguero to come back. They've got um, Foden. You know, who comes into the equation. So they've got the players who fit that particular system very well, indeed. Yeah. That's why they won the title. You know, because the, the three up front, the fullbacks getting forward. You know, you you can tinker with it and and make it very attacking minded. You know. so, I think that's what Chris maybe is looking to try and do to get those right players in those right positions with the right formation quickly um you know to make sure that we we stay in you know the championship luckily mm. we've got you know 40 I think it's 40 points which in the Premier League is you know the holy grail uh, <laughs> to, to stay in the Premier League and not necessarily in the championship so um yeah I think like I said before just get this season over with, you know, for Chris, and then give him the opportunity to just turn things around a little bit and start the season with his methods, his players. I mean, that squad is massively too big. Uh, and I, I have to mention Barnsley in this, you know, you, how well they're doing, how well, you know, Luton are doing. They shouldn't be expected to do better than Forrest. That's no snobbery or anything like that. But, it's, you know, the squad Forrest have got, maybe the amount of money to spend that Forrest have got. Compared with Barnsley's, compared with Luton's, it's just a massive disparity. So, you know, they're obviously doing something right, those two clubs. Um, and, you know, look into why maybe they're
1: doing so well. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to ask from a striking point of view Gary what do you make of the kind of service they got last night particularly but in recent games they get a lot of crosses in for us but they don't always come in from I would say a good position a lot of them are from the fullbacks not in in behind anyone but it's kind of not the kind of angle you'd want as a striker I'd imagine is that fair?
0: I think you like different angles as a striker you know it's all about movement in in the box you can't always blame the crosser if the player's not moving in the box you see, I I can't understand why players don't get across the near post anymore. Um, you know that is one thing that creates havoc. It, you've got you've got to, as a, as a striker, you've got to expect the unexpected and want to get across the near post first. And you can get a touch, and then you can create something behind for somebody else coming in. You know, it doesn't have to be the perfect delivery all the time. But I said earlier, I think in the final third, our quality is not good enough. At set pieces sometimes, knockouts delivery has been really good. Um, you know, but defenders you have know, defended it particularly well. When we do get in good areas with time to put balls in, I think we try and be too precise. We look up and say we try and pick somebody out instead of putting it in an area where it creates doubt for defenders and goalkeepers. You know, there's mm. nothing worse than that little bit of a corridor between the penalty spot and the six-yard box. Does a keeper come? Does he stay on his line? What does the centre-half do? Does he stretch for it? If he does, he might put in his own goal. I think the gold rule is don't pick somebody out. John Robertson was, you know, the, the genius for just putting in an area where he expected me, Tony Woodcock, Peter With, you know, anybody who played up front to be. And if we weren't, you know, he'd say, well, hold on a minute, I've done my job. I put it in an area where somebody should attack it. Don't <clears throat> try to pick people out, puts it in an area, keeps it away from the keeper and then that's your job to get across your marker and make something happen. And I don't mm. think you know that happens enough. Um, maybe at the moment in the modern game, um, I don't know if Paul will agree or disagree with that. But it's all about instinct in the box, and it's all for defender, It's all about concentration. If you lose your concentration in your box, in the box, switch off as defender, you're done for. You get punished. But as a striker, if you're static in the box, it becomes easy for defenders. If you're waiting for the perfect ball to come in, it's not going to happen. It might happen once in the blue moon and you get a goal. But you have to make things happen as a striker in there. You have to make a good ball, a bad ball, a good ball. You know, mm. it's not all about trying to get a perfect delivery as a striker. It doesn't happen.
1: Mm. Well, as a defender, Paul, where would you not want the ball to be? What would have caused alarm when you were in the, in the box for you?
0: Well,
2: I, I think I'm agreeing with Gary. Running back to my own goal is, uh, is very difficult to handle. I think Liverpool, at their best... Uh, perfect examples of putting the ball in in areas hard and fast you know and picking the right time you know when they get to the byline they stand it up when they when they get into the last third that ball's going in with uh, you know pace and, and people running across the near post how many goals they score at the far post uh, tappings because of the run at the near post is um, is uh, is amazing, they're a perfect example of and, and Manchester City. I can only get, gi- I, I, I mean, I'm only giving those examples, but I know, I know, uh, uh when, when we were at Nottingham Forest, uh, if Gary didn't get across the near post, he'd, he'd be in for a uh, an air bashing from, from a certain person at half time, you know, because that that's where goal scorers, um, earn the corn. We're part of the you know, uh, uh, an era where, uh, or at a football club with him, that um, we had continuous basic training.
1: Which mm. so kind of leads on to an interesting question from Eric Good for you, Gary, about strikers and instincts. Uh, Eric asks, can you teach it? Is it training? Is it a down to manager? I mean, is goal scoring just a natural, based on natural instincts, or can it be taught?
0: It can't be taught for me.
1: You know, we, we used to
0: practice, me and Tony Woodcock. I remember going near post and far post and switching. You know, if, if one of us started at the near post, then we'd spin and, I'd, you know, I'd peel the far post and he'd come from the far post across the front line. And that sort of movement just creates so, all sorts of problems for defenders because defenders think you're going to stay there. But if you spin and your you're t- across the other way and that, that quickly, it can cause havoc, even if you don't get the right touch on it. you get a touch and it can create something for somebody behind so you know instinct people used to say to me how did you do that I said I ain't got a clue Mm -hmm. you know I was out there and I did it when it came to me you know that that drag back I you know the Peter Taylor signed me for it it, it didn't happen all the time but it was instinctive when I thought it was right to do it you know you can't go out as a striker thinking right I'm going to do this I'm going to do that all you can do is say right I want to go out and I'll give it everything I possibly can. I to give it 100%. That's all you can do as a striker. But the rest of it is just pure instinct. Um, yes, I'll hold it up when it's outside the box. That's my job. Mm. That was, you know, one of my strengths, to hold it up for when midfield could come past and, you know, bring them into play. But in the penalty box, it's not extravagant movement. I always say that before. It's a yard. It's half a yard. You go forward. You check back. You just try and create that doubt in the defender's mind and so yeah it's it's not you can't teach that
1: mm-hmm. um i just wanted to turn the conversation for its upcoming games We've kind of touched on it but obviously it's a daunting run they've got watford reading norwich brentford cardiff are their next run of matches that must set alarm bells off for you gary mustn't it when you see how they, they struggled against those teams previously
0: it just you know it just um if if like I say if they'd won last night I think the pressure would have been taken off a little bit more. That's no disrespect to Luton without a doubt because they've done unbelievably well, but it, that would have put you on forty three points. And if then you threw it away from there, but I, I was texting with my lad last night with my son, and you talk about last season. Everybody you know predicted you know we're going to get in the playoffs, and you know we didn't, and you know everybody said you know saying we look safe, it's okay. And you just worry that it's going to happen at the other end of the table. That's what comes into my mind a little bit. I think we've got enough in there not for that to happen. And sometimes, I said before, we do play better against the teams at the top of the table, you know, the supposed good teams. We did it against West Brom, the Leeds, you know, when they were in um, in the Championship. You know, we did particularly well against the good team. So you just hope that's the case. You know, if you lose all six, you're in big trouble. You know, if you... <laughs> Into draw one and lose three, you possibly take that without a doubt, because that mm. moves you right out of the danger zone. If you win two out of those six, you you ought to be safe. Mm. Um, but I think with these games coming up, Chris has got maybe got to get in his mind his starting eleven, his best starting eleven, and say, right, you know, we're going to give you this chance. If you know, barring fit, uh, injuries and things like that, suspensions or whatever um because at the moment i think he's just trying to pick and choose at the moment he's trying to keep glenn murray as the focal point which i understand because he knows him and you know his experience can be vital around that box if the the service is right but you know he's not going to play every game because of his age so that's one thing he's got to manage i don't know how far lois grabbing is coming back um so does taylor starts in the next game be interesting to see it's very difficult but you know you you can't be afraid of those games. If you're afraid of those games, you, you, there's no point in being out there. You know, mm. you not one point in being out on that football pitch if you're afraid of those games coming up. Yeah, you know, oh. You've got to think. oh, I'm not. Oh, I've got those six games. We're going to lose. If we see lose all six games, you've got to go and say, right, okay, let us put our stamp on this. Let us, you know, not respect them, but not worry about them. You know, and 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 show that sort of mentality. Not, you know. Um, a, a scared sort of mentality a positive mentality and if you go about it the right way you might just nick something i mean i watched was it crystal palace brighton the other week in the premier league how crystal palace won that game nobody ever knows you watch that game brighton had about 20 odd shots uh, to crystal palace's two they scored two and crystal palace won the game 2-1 you know in the last minute of the game who cares there's no pictures. As we said before, the score says Brighton 1, Crystal Palace 2. Don't care how you win it, you go out and win it. doesn't mm. matter. And mm. you, you can do that. If Flores win two of those games, then you should be safe. And they're capable of doing it because there are good players in that squad. I think, you know, the problem is Chris has just got to get it you know, right in his mind. And I'm sure, you know, he can do that.
1: Um, Graben should be back next week, I think. I think he's back training soon. Um, Paul, what would your message be to a, a group of players with a very daunting run of fixtures ahead of them? How, what, what would you tell them going into six very difficult matches? Ring your tin helmets. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: Only... a, it's a brutal league, isn't it? You know, the championship is different to any other, and. Uh, it really is. It's been brought home to me how physical. Uh, I, I can't believe how big people are. I didn't. I didn't think people could grow as big as what I've seen in the last few
0: weeks. But they do. They're massive. And uh, you're hardly a shrinking violet. Pardon? You're hardly a shrinking violet. To <laughs> no, <be fair>. no. <laughs> <laughs> I look
2: pretty small these days compared to compared to. <laughs> but the the. Um, I think what you know. You, you you you're trusting the manager uh, you know to to find the solutions you know experience you know Chris is a very experienced manager and been very very successful and I have no doubt that he'll be preparing his players for that as we have to you know we have to prepare um, for these games we uh, as, as Gary has alluded to we, we, we're not a big squad Uh in either numbers or size, and we have to find ways to uh, to be able to compete. And you know, we we don't accept it, but we know we might come come up short now and again. Uh, but we know we've got the character and the and this is me talking. We know how our players. We know that they they're very resilient, uh, very trusting, and uh, in the manager and uh, uh, they've got a bouncer-back ability. They're very, mm. you know, and it's what you need. You know, you need to move very quickly from disappointment to, uh, to, you know, positive preparation for the next one.
1: Mm. Would you be, uh, I don't know if the word's hopeful or confident or optimistic that both Forrest and Luton will be in the, the championship next season now?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I don't think, uh, I can only speak for Luton Town. I don't think we take anything for granted. You know, we're, we are, uh, nearing that, uh, point where we can say, uh, we, we may be all right, but we're not there. We don't feel we're there. Um, and we have to, you know, we, we've got Norwich on Saturday and, uh, you know we they're they're the best team in the league, uh, and we have to find a way. You know, so with a small squad, we you know we have to think about who plays uh, with a view to Rotherham on Tuesday and the game after. You know, it's it's, uh, it's a manager's nightmare at mm. the moment, mm. and uh, you know you 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 have to bow to
0: to that experience. Mm.
1: Are you optimistic, Gary, still about Forest?
0: Yeah, with Chris in charge, I think, you know, he he has improved without a doubt. Uh, You know, we're actually winning games of football. Um, uh, You know, the the one mistake against Derby, we should have won that. Bad defending again, He should have cleared it, didn't clear it. And he scores a wonder goal from there. You know, you can't sometimes plan for things like that, but you can clear your lines and he fluffed it and, you know, he stuck it in the top corner. You know, you win that game and... You go back to last season, you know, Forrest at Derby, 1-0 up and they conceded in the seventh minute of injury time. You know, Mm -hmm. it's sort of repeating itself at the moment. The one thing I think in, you know, Forrest's favourite at the moment is teams are struggling down at the bottom. You know, Wiccan are struggling a little bit. Sheffield Wednesday are struggling a little bit. Birmingham are. Um, So if these teams keep struggling, that's, you know, that's going to be a bonus for Forrest, but you can't guarantee, you don't want to rely on other people's results. You start relying on other teams' results it's a rocky road you're going down. You've got to do it yourself. You've got to get yourself out of trouble. Put yourself safe and, you know, don't rely on those teams below you.
1: Mm, mm, true. I, I just wanted to finish with a bit of nostalgia looking back on your days together. I mean, do you, you must look back on those fondly. Do you still catch up and talk about them as a pair or not, you two?
0: We haven't done, which is really sad, isn't it? Um, you know, you go your own separate ways in football that's what happens. You, you end up in different towns, but luckily, you know, Paul's still in Nottingham around Nottinghamshire. And he ought to sometimes come into West but on a Thursday afternoon, if he possibly can for a wee glass of wine with us, uh, when, uh, everything's okay. <laughs> He's not that far away. It'd be nice because, yeah. uh, you, know, it, it, you should stay in touch a little bit more, but sometimes, you know, circumstances don't allow it. I mean, Paul's workload is must be incredible. You know, and his, his journey time, you know, to and from work is, is going to put a lot of pressure on him to do. You know, he's got a family to, you know, look after as well, and as have I. Um, but, you know, you, you're always there for each other. If you need each other, you're always there. And Paul's, you know, he'll know what I'm talking about. He's been there for me in a big way. And I'm, you know, very appreciative of that. And, um, you know, you have bonds down the years and they will never, ever disappear. Hmm. I I uh, I love seeing Gary and uh uh calling well, me mean, Gary, which I find quite off-putting because he never called me Gary. Uh,
2: Baz, uh, Baz. Uh, the uh um I, I remember I remember going and seeing him when he had his back operation. We we went as a as a group, about six of us turned up in at the park hospital, I think you were in, and uh, yeah. and went to visit him uh playing against him. Uh Especially at Nottingham Forest when he was at you Nottingham Forest. You put me Forest. in there. Pardon? You put
0: me in there. You're one of the reasons. <laughs> <I was there.
2: laughs> they told me it was centre oh, last Oh, do you, know, do you know? you he, know? He was such a good player uh, that I often dreamed about putting him in hospital. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was he, Nottingham Forest was a, uh, a you know considering where they came from you know and we know that we know about the manager. But the quality of, of of person that was at Nottingham Forest was a big thing, you know. Fantastic players, uh, great lads. Gary was one of those, and we had we've had some fun. and uh, And I think that you know, our, our playing football at Nottingham Forest was serious business, uh, but we always managed to smile and uh, uh, and we had a great togetherness that uh, that has lasted, you know. Now. Like I say, I have been to one or two uh, get-togethers in in uh, in West Bridgeford and uh, with you know with John John Robertson and uh, Frank's always Frank's there, and it's just it's just it's you know whatever Tom, yeah, Tom, I don't know how he did it, but that that man created a legacy that uh, stands the test of time, and it's uh, fantastic.
1: True, true. And you enjoyed you, you know you enjoyed the odd overseas tour to Australia as I, as I, as Gary's told us before on this podcast.
2: Well, he, he gives me some stick because he uh, I don't remember this by any means, but he said he says I, I pulled my hamstring getting up the the airplane steps that he threw, but I don't believe that. So I
0: think that you? was the legacy of a long, hard season where I, no, I think uh, we in <laughs> would Have been going there. So, you, I can remember you skipping up those steps as if it were yesterday <laughs> saw your hand go on your, your, your hamstring, Ooh. and you oh. had three weeks in Australia of sun, swimming, sand, drinking, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, uh, well, it was the football that stood out in my
2: mind, but you, you know, those things may have happened, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> excellent right we shall leave it there thanks very much gentlemen gary you very kindly not commented on my terrible haircut after our discussion how, last week how, about how can,
0: hair. I, how, can I, how can i i can't comment on anything they're mine
1: there's very <laughs> I little certainly
0: can't. there's more at the back than there is the front unfortunately <laughs> That right
1: bit. thank you very much gentlemen uh, i very much enjoyed that conversation we shall be back uh, next wednesday with uh, david prutton to talk about well hopefully a good result uh, for forest at Watford. hope everyone has a good weekend and we shall see you all soon thank you for listening to garibaldi red a nottingham forest podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode thanks for listening